So Maynard called up the church and asked if he could speak to the head hog at the trowel. The secretary said, well, who do you want? He said, you know, the head hog. And he said, now, now surely, sir, you're not speaking about the pastor. And he says, well, I said, whoever the head hog would be, well, you should really refer to him as a little bit more, you know, with a little more honor and such, you know, reverend or pastor or something like that. He says, well, that's too bad that you won't give him to me because, uh, well, I have a thousand dollar check and I wanted to donate to your building program. Secretary thought for a minute. She said, will you hold the line? I think the big pig just walked in the door. (laughs) We're talking about Jesus being a giver today. That He is a giver. Everyone say this together. Healing Healing is for me. me. You all have to know that healing doesn't just exist, but that it is here for you. It's important that we know that. In Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 6, it says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We're going to be looking at this verse and some things from it. Last time we got together, last week we started this off. We looked at the understanding unbelief. That unbelief needs to be understood. Unbelief is a hindrance to healing. We talked about disobedience a number of weeks back, but last week we are looking at more at the unbelief side. And we saw that unbelief is the rejection of truth. Unbelief is the rejection of truth. Very often we measure unbelief the same way that we would doubt. We try and see this range of things. Of you know how, how high is my unbelief level? But Jesus either called people a believer or an unbeliever. Thomas was an unbeliever. We looked at him. And Jesus said, Be not unbelieving, but believe. Being a believer is simply accepting the truth and acting on it. That's a believer. If we want to have unbelief not be a problem, then we need to act on the truth of God's Word. As we go through here, we're going to look at some truths that people have looked at and acted on them like they were true. And that's why they have some problems. But here today, we want to take a look at this verse. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him for he who comes to God must believe that He is. We've talked about this verse a number of times that you must first off believe that God is. You cannot just go around and always prove God. There's a number of atheists and folks like that in the world and they don't believe that God exists. And you would think that everything that we see, that that should testify and prove that God exists, but apparently it doesn't prove it to everybody. And you can't sit there and prove it to, to folks. If you want to get in there and try and prove that God exists in order to get them to be a believer, well, it's not going to work out so well. There needs to be a step of faith that you all make, that you all did make, and that other people need to make that says, you know what? I'm just going to believe in the evidence that I see. I'm going to step out of that. He who comes to God must believe that He is. It's not God's job to prove that He is. It's not God's job to prove that He exists. He's shown it. He's demonstrated it in all the works of the universe. The works of the earth. We can take a look at all these things. We can understand God exists. If you wish to reject that truth and become an unbeliever, that's something that you can do. But we're not just looking at that, Jesus as our Savior today. We want to look at Jesus as our healer. So he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is every order of those who diligently seek Him. He is every order. So we must believe that He is. This is absolutely necessary. You must Believe that God is. You must believe that God is. But what is He? What is He? Well, when you come to God, 
you must believe that He is what you need. If you need a Savior, you must believe that He is a Savior. So if I need Him to be my Savior, I must believe that Jesus is a Savior. Right? That's, i got to believe that. When I come there, I must believe that that's what He is. Well, how about some other things? What if I need Him, in, him to be my provider of wisdom? What must He be? A provider of wisdom. We have some people talking about taxes last week. So what if I need Him to be a provider of taxes? What do I need? I need Him to be a provider of taxes. I must come to God and believe that He is. If you come to God with the request, Father, I need provision for taxes. I need wisdom. But I don't believe that He is the provider of those things. Will I get it? So I must establish what He is before I come to Him. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him for He who comes to God must believe that He is. There's an absolute necessity there, isn't there? Must believe that He is. I must believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So if I need Him to be my healer, I must come to Him and believe He is my healer. I have to believe that. So if I need Him to be a Savior, I need to believe He is a Savior. If I need to be Him to be a provider of wisdom, I need to see Him as a provider of wisdom. I need to know that the Word of God says He is a provider of wisdom. You may need Him to be other things. How many of you have ever needed Him to be a comfort? You must believe that He is a comfort. How many of you have ever come to Him needed forgiveness? You must believe that He is a forgiver. You must believe that there is grace. These are all things we have. When we come to God, I must believe that He is what I need when I come to Him. That's imperative. So I need to know what He... I'm sorry. I need to know not that He was a healer, but that He is my healer. Not just a healer, but that He is my healer. How many times have people come to God believing that He is a healer, but sometimes they think He's a healer of some, but may not be a healer for me. If I come to God, I must believe that He is. I must believe that He is my healer. If I do not come to God and believe He is my healer, and I don't get anything, it isn't God's fault, is it? Because he who comes to God must believe that He is. He is what you need. Whatever I need, the time for me to discover that God is what I need is before I come to Him. You need to get that established before you come to Him. There's too many people that come to God hoping He's a healer, hoping He's a provider of wisdom, Hoping He's a forgiver. Hoping He's a God of grace. But aren't sure. He who comes to God must believe that He is. But I I have to get that established before I come. So sometimes before I come to God, I need to go over some things. If you need Him to be a healer, you need to sometimes go over Jesus is your healer. Go over the Word of God. 
Go over the Scriptures that promise healing for you. Go over that. Renew yourself on it. Don't just say, well, I've been taught that for years. I must know it. Go over it again. Know it for sure. Meditate on it. Get yourself charged up. Generate faith on the inside of you. I know this is mine. So he goes on. Without faith it is impossible to please Him for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. A rewarder is... What is a rewarder? I put in your outline this. Or a giver of rewards. If you are a rewarder, don't you give out rewards? Don't you give them out? If I do not believe that God is a giver of rewards, it will affect the frequency and fervency of my coming to Him. If I do not believe that God is a giver of rewards, it will affect the frequency and fervency of my coming to Him. If you don't truly believe that He's going to give out that reward that you want, that wisdom that you want, that forgiveness, grace, healing, if you don't believe He's really going to give it to you, won't it cut down your frequency of you going to Him? Won't it cut down on the fervency which you pursue it? If you're not sure that this is really going to come about? The word rewarder here, it's only used here in the New Testament. But it means one who pays wages or a rewarder. One who pays wages or a rewarder. Well, what wages is he paying? Or is he paying wages? Well, when you had the woman with the issue of blood came and she got healed, what was she rewarded for? Her faith to believe in Jesus as the healer. When blind Bartimaeus was healed of blindness, what was he rewarded for? Faith to believe that Jesus was the healer. When the centurion received healing. When the woman from Tyre received healing for her daughter. How did they... Or what was it based upon? They came in faith. Because they came in faith, their faith was rewarded. I must believe that He's the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. I read this in the message translation. Let me read this here for you. It is impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that He exists and that He cares enough to respond to those who seek Him. I must know that my God is a responder. That He responds to the things that I ask for. If I don't know when I come to Him that He's a responder, if I don't know that, going to change the way I come to Him. If I'm just hoping that I might get a response, that changes some things. I have to know. When people sought out Jesus believing to receive something, they were rewarded. They were given the thing that they were believing for, that they were asking for. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. He is a rewarder. So let me ask you this question. What kind of rewarder is He? If you are going to believe He is a rewarder, then you need to know what kind of rewarder He is. 
How many of you have worked for more than one employee? How many have found that different employees are rewarders on different basis? Some are generous and some are not. Some find ways to weasel out of rewards and other ones just look for ways to bless you. There's different kinds of rewarders out there. What kind is God? I can't just know the Word of God tells me He's this kind of a rewarder. I must believe that He is that kind of a rewarder. And I need to believe that He is that kind of a rewarder for me. In James chapter 1 and verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all sparingly and without reproach. How is that? He is a liberal giver, isn't he? He is a liberal giver. He is not hard up on this. He is a liberal giver. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. So when I come to God and I need wisdom, James tells us, come to God and believe that He is a rewarder, believe that He is a giver of wisdom and ask for that wisdom. And when you ask for that wisdom, you'll get just enough. Barely get a by, barely get along. Barely get by wisdom. What will He give you? Liberally. Liberally. So, look at this verse again. If any of you lacks wisdom, if we can understand some things that we're doing wrong in this area, we can probably understand some things we're doing wrong in the area of healing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. And it will be what? Is there any doubt in James' mind as he writes this that it will be given to you if you come and ask? If you have a need for wisdom, there is no doubt in the mind of James who writes this that you will be given wisdom and not only that you will be given it, but you'll be given it liberally. So why is it? How many of you have asked for wisdom? How many of you have prayed? Father God, I need wisdom how to handle this situation. I need wisdom how to handle this thing with my kids. How to handle this thing with my in-laws. Yeah, I'll give you wisdom for that too. How to handle the thing on my job. How to handle this thing with my neighbor. I need wisdom on how to get my car fixed. I need wisdom on how to get this thing fixed in my house. Isn't that wisdom? Isn't it something that you lack? Isn't there understanding that you need that you don't have? I need wisdom in these things. And if I need wisdom on it, I need to go to God and ask and it says He will give liberally and I will have it. And so I ask God for that and then I go out from there and what do I say? How's that problem coming? Oh, it's still sitting there. It's not solved. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to... This one might take me down. Does that sound like someone who came to God? That he must believe that he is the giver of wisdom and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? Does that sound like a person who's doing that? What's it sound like? Sounds like the man James describes as being a double-minded. Can't pray one way and talk another. I've told you before. Sometimes we forget. But I've told you before, if you pray, ask God for wisdom in a situation, and somebody comes and asks you, how are you going to handle that? I don't know. You don't have to lie to them. 
If you don't have the wisdom yet, you don't have the understanding yet, I don't know. What are you going to do? Well, I'll know when I have to make a decision. When I have to make a decision, I'll know what to do. I'm not confessing unbelief or doing anything like that. I'm not lying that, well, I know exactly what I'm going to do when I don't. I'm just simply saying when I need to make a decision on that, I'm going to know exactly what I need to do because I asked God and what did God say? He might give it to you. He should give it to you. More than likely. Very probably. No. He, if He says He will give it to us, then why do we keep going around talking like we might not get it? It sounds to me like we have come to God in asking for wisdom and we have not believed that He is the giver of wisdom. Maybe. I don't believe quite that He's the giver of wisdom. Because I'm going off from there. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to handle that situation. I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need to go back to the verse. Father God, you said, let him who continually over and over every day of his life ask of God. No, folks, just go up there and ask him. Father God, I need wisdom in this situation. I need to know how to fix this thing over here. And every time, every time the devil comes to you and puts in your head, you don't know what you're going to do. You don't know how you're going to handle it. It don't matter. I ask God. Word of God says He will give to me when I need to deal with that, when I need to make a decision on it. I'll know. Well, in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 17, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. How many of you have ever wanted some things? He says, don't trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. All things gives to us richly. God is not only a liberal giver. God gives richly. He's a rich giver because He's a rich guy. I mean, if you ran into Bill Gates on the street and he was in a generous mood and he gave you a quarter, would that mean much to you? You know that a quarter to Bill Gates isn't much. But you have a little son or daughter, three, four years old, and they gave you a quarter. That's different, isn't it? Well, God gives according to His ability. What's the ability of God to give? Richly. Richly. So He's a liberal giver and He gives richly. Do we approach God with this in mind? How often do I approach God with the thing, well, God, I really need a healing, but I can get by with just this. If you just take the pain, just the edge, just take the edge off the pain. Oh, that would be so much better. I can live with some pain. That's all right. Just take the edge off. Just make it so it's not so bad. What am I trying to do? I don't see God as a rich giver. I don't see God as a liberal giver. I'm seeing God as a barely get by giver. And I start asking for that. I tell you what, I think if I was God, I'd be offended. What are you doing asking so little of me? Don't you believe in the, what the Word of God says? He who comes to God must believe that He is. What do you believe that He is? What's your prayers telling you? Romans 8 and verse 32. He who did not spare 
His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? That's the example that He uses to tell us how much of a free giver He is. So if God, in order to get salvation to you, says, I will not withhold My Son, but I will send Him to earth to die on the cross for your sins so that I can get grace to you, so that I can get forgiveness to you, so that I can get power to give life back into your bodies. I will send My Son. If that's the kind of giver that He shows us He is, why are we asking for just barely goodbye? Well, Father God, I have these headaches. They're so bad. And I get them every day. If I could just get one day a week of no headaches, I'll be happy. Why do we do that? Because I've come to God and I feel like I haven't gotten it. I still I go, I go away from the prayer line. I go away from the believing time and I still have the headaches. I still have the sickness. And so I begin to come away with an idea that He isn't quite as much of a giver as I was led to believe. And it changes, has an effect upon the frequency of my asking and the fervency that I ask with. But He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? There was a little boy who went into the drugstore, the pharmacy. This is way back in the olden days, old, old day pharmacy. And the pharmacist at the counter had a bowl of candy. And he would give some of this candy to the kids who would come on in. He'd let them just reach right inside and grab a handful. And so this mom came on up. She was buying whatever things she needed at the pharmacy. And the, the pharmacist looked down and saw the child there and he he said, Dave, reach it right in there and grab yourself some candy. And Dave just stood there, frozen. Just uh, uncharacteristic of Dave. He's usually a very outgoing, very very uh, loud type of a kid. Just froze. Didn't move, didn't do a thing. Pharmacist said, really, Dave, go ahead. Reach, right, reach your hand right in there and grab some candy. Dave didn't move. So to help him out, the pharmacist reached in, grabbed himself a fistful of candy and poured it over to the, to the hands of the child and the child went off and his mom said, Dave, why didn't you reach in the bowl and get the candy? Why were you so timid and bashful? He said, because his hand's bigger. <laughs> How big is the hand of your God? How big of a giver do you see Him as being? If I believe God is a stingy giver, is that not going to have an effect on me? If I see God as stingy, that well, He doesn't always want to give out healing. Sometimes, He may not want to heal me. I, maybe I did something. I'm sure it's not on God's end. I'm sure it's on my end. Maybe I wasn't this, or maybe maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not steady enough. Maybe I'm not doing something that I should be doing. And so I'll just suffer with whatever it is that I have a little longer. 
because I see God as a stingy giver. Or maybe I see God as giving, but He gives grudgingly. doesn't always want to give. Sometimes, you know, you get up there in the healing line and I, I think, well, so-and-so ahead of me, they got it. So-and-so behind me, they got it. I got nothing. I got nothing. Maybe it is that God just picks and chooses. And we come up with this idea that God, maybe, maybe He just draws names out of a hat. And maybe today, you just never know. Maybe today might be my day. Maybe today I'll get healed. I guess I'll give it a shot. Because I don't know. Maybe today I'll get healed. And so I go on up thinking, maybe today I'll get healed. Because I see God as a stingy giver. As a, now, I won't say that. But I see God as a grudging giver. Maybe today I'll get it. I see God as a giver. But I don't see Him giving out every time. So I'll go on up and I'll get prayed for. Hmm, did I get No, I don't think I got it. Alright, well, I'll go up another time. Maybe next time I'll pull my name out of the hat. Steve gets to get healed today. So maybe I believe that God is a stingy giver or that He gives grudgingly or that it is a sometimes thing. Sometimes it's on. Sometimes it's off. Sometimes I... You know, when that healing anointing is in there, you better get, better get going. Well, if I come to God with these ideas, then God cannot give a reward to the level that He desires, can He? I'm tying the hands of God. Don't tie the hands of God. Sometimes we need to just pull back on a thing and go back to the Word of God and find out what kind of a giver is God on this area. How does God give wisdom? How does God give healing? Does God give healing to every other one? Does He go eeny, meeny, miny, mo? Does He pull names out of a hat? How is it that God decides this person got healed and that person didn't get healed? I need to go back to the Word of God and find those things out. Because when I come to God, I must believe that He is. Because as I believe God is, is how He'll show up to me. How do you believe God is? Do you believe God is a stingy giver? Do you believe God gives, but only gives grudgingly? Or that it's a sometimes thing? Every once in a while, sometimes something happens. People get healed. What do you believe about it? How's that going to change you? I got to know who God is how God operates, how He's going to operate towards me in order for me to get the thing that I need. How many of you have been prayed for for healing and have not received it? You know, we want to get that changed, don't we? In the Bible, in the Bible, they brought lots of sick people to Jesus. And we saw almost every time He healed half of them. He didn't heal half of them, did He? He healed all of them. All of them. Mark eleven twenty two. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I want to focus right now mostly on this last verse. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray. If you have a King James Bible, 
It translated whatever things you desire. The word here is aiteo. Aiteo. And it means to desire, crave, require, or ask. To desire, crave, require, or ask. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, whatever things you desire, whatever things you crave, along those lines. You've got to first off make sure that you want the thing you're asking for. I think one of the best places you'll see this materialize and become evidence is how many of you, when you have really young children, have prayed for them to get healed and they got healed. But then they got older. Especially when they get into the area of like junior high and you prayed over them and they stayed sick. And I began to wonder about that. Then it dawned on me. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, desire, crave... Now think back when you were praying over these children. How many times was it Monday morning? It wasn't Saturday morning, was it? It was Monday morning. And I, I began to pray over them. I began to think, you know what? They don't want to get well right now. They really don't get, want to get well until about 3 o'clock. Around 3 o'clock they desire to get well. Up until then they have no desire to get well. Because to get well means I go to school. Sometimes we've got to make sure that we do the, the asking part, the desiring, that we have that, that we want the thing that we're asking for, that we desire that thing. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, desire, crave, or require, when you pray, believe that you receive them. So first off, if we're going to make this thing work, I need to first off ask or desire the thing. I must have a desire and I must come and ask for the thing that I want. Not just expect that, well, God knows what I need. He says, I know you what you need, but He still wants us to come and ask. So first off, i got to come and ask. Then secondly, it says pray. Ask and pray. When you come to God, we already saw what it said for us to do right there. He who comes to God must believe that He is. I must believe that He's the healer. I must believe that He's the provider. I must believe that He's the provider of wisdom, giver of wisdom. I must believe that He's a liberal giver. I must believe that He's not stingy, giving grudgingly, or giving sometimes. I must believe these things. So ask, pray, and desire. Ask, pray. I'm sorry. Ask, pray, and believe. I said it wrong. Ask, pray, or believe. Ask God. Desire the thing that you want. Have a desire on the inside. Have something that you want to ask. And then go to God and pray. Pray for that thing. And pray according to what the Word of God says. And then go from that praying and believe. Believe. You can abbreviate that APB. You put out an APB for this thing. <laughs> I need to ask, pray, and believe. Ask, pray, and believe. What is it that you want? Make sure that you desire the thing that you want. Sometimes husbands and wives get together and they want to pray for something and the one is desiring and the other one's not. Husband and wife get together. Husband says, I want a boat. And they pray together, but the wife doesn't desire a boat. Maybe it's the other way around. Get together and you pray. I want a new car. Maybe the husband doesn't desire a new car. He wants a used car. You got to make sure that you, you have down what it is you desire. I know what it is I want to get. So when it shows up, I know that it's here. I need to ask, pray, and believe. I must know what kind of a God He is. 
I must know what He is the giver of. And I must know how He gives these things to me. In what way? He gives liberally. He gives richly. In Romans 8.32, He gave freely. He gave freely. And He gave the example of, I wanted so much to get that thing to you that I gave my Son. That's how much I desired to get the thing to you. Do you see God as someone who desires to get the thing to you? That above all else, He will get that thing to you. What do you see? That you have to catch God on a good day. Is that the way that you look at it? I hope I catch Him on a good day. I hope this is a good one. God is a liberal giver. God gives to us richly. And God gives to us freely. Now let me ask you this question. How many of you have gotten to a prayer line? Came on up, Jesus is my healer. You came on up, you were asking, you had a desire for a thing, get rid of headaches, get rid of a pain in your body, get rid of a sickness, disease, something that was going on, something that wasn't supposed to be there. You heard the word, and you went on up, and you got in the prayer line, and you waited your turn, a couple people ahead of you, one by one they went on through, and then it was your turn, and then someone up in the front there laid hands on you or did something, followed some example of the Word of God and prayed for you. And you asked, right? And you should receive, right? If you ask for wisdom, what should you get? You should get wisdom. Because that's what you needed. That's what you asked for. If you need like Peter... They needed to pay taxes. And, and what happened? Tax money showed up. They, they prayed and they believed for that. So if I come up and I have a healing need and I come up to God, I get in the prayer line and I'm believing. I'm coming to God. But it says, he who comes to God must believe that He is, or in this case, that He is the healer and that He is every warder of those who diligently seek Him. I believe, Father God, that you will reward me. I've sought after your word. I've sought after you. I believe. It's mine. And you come up in the prayer line and hands are laid on you. What do you receive? What do you receive? I mean, it's important that we know. What do you receive? If you're going to pray for wisdom, I, God, I need wisdom, and I get wisdom. If I'm going to pray for provision, if I'm going to pray for a new job, I know what it is when it shows up, don't I? I know how it is when it's, when it's there. Now, sometimes you pray for a new job, and you have a three or four of them. Then you've got to pick out which one is, is the right one. You've got to figure out which way is the, is the good way. Sometimes I get, pray for God for wisdom. I have to sort through and figure out what is the wisdom of God in this, and what is the wisdom of man. But what is it that we need to receive when I come up and ask for healing? What is it that I am going to receive? How is it that I am going to... If I can go away from asking for wisdom, go away from there and saying, well, I believe that when I need to make that decision, I'll know what to do. And I can walk away total belief in that, right? 
So what am I supposed to receive when hands are laid on me for healing so that I can go off there and talk about that? What is it that we are to receive when we come up to pray? The answer may surprise you, but you'll have to wait till next week. It may surprise you. It may not. But it is imperative that when we come up and have hands laid on us, that I know what I should receive. I must know what it is that I am received. Because if I don't know what it is I've received or should receive, then if I get it or don't get it, I won't know. So it's imperative that we know. Now, I don't want to just tell you my opinion on it. I told you we alluded to this last week. Still alluding to it now. But it was important that you understood what unbelief was before we get into this. You had to know what unbelief truly is before we can get... In fact, unbelief is so important for you to understand. That's why we started off on that. Just about everything else we're doing and this is based off of this. Of what unbelief is. Got to know what unbelief is. It is that important. Because we're going to show you some things in that area that unbelief is the rejection of truth. The rejection of truth. That's what unbelief is. So belief is the acceptance of truth and acting on it. But I need to know what's going on. What will I receive when hands are laid upon me? Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that Your Word helps open up our eyes that we can see the things that we need to do. I can see how it is that I need to come to You. I can see how it is that I need to get before Your presence. He who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Father, we need to sometimes get back and renew ourselves in this. You are the healer. You are the provider. You are the giver of wisdom. There are all these things to us. We need to see you as that. And we need to see that you are a liberal giver. One who gives freely. One who finds every reason in the world to give in every possible way. Father, we thank you that this is your attitude in giving. Help us as we understand you in this area. In the name of Jesus, we pray.